Hello, and what is up, everybody? I am Marty the Meat Man, your host of Cross Court Coverage, your all NBA Celtics focused podcast. Uh, normally, this is where I would say I am joined, as always, by, uh, but unfortunately, my co host Grace will no longer be a part of Cross Court Coverage or the Primetime Productions Network. Uh, this decision itself was made by the network, and while it's a significant change, um, I want to assure you that I will continue forward with cross-court coverage. Um, I want to express my gratitude for the support you've shown me and Grace and the show uh, throughout Grace's tenure on the podcast. We've shared many memorable moments together, and I understand this change may come as a surprise to some um, however, I am committed to continuing to bring you engaging content, uh, insightful discussions, and entertaining episodes the best that I can. Um, I also want to acknowledge that Grace's departure uh, from the network is a touchy subject, and out of respect for everybody involved, uh, we will not be delving into the details on this podcast. Um, I appreciate your understanding and your support during this transition. Uh, change is a natural part of any journey and as we as CCC moves forward I'm excited about the new opportunities and directions uh, this podcast can take I'm currently in the process of finding another co-host as I have always planned for this show to be an A and B conversation um a back and forth about the sport that we all love. Um, so stay tuned for that. But for the time being, it's just you, me, yes, Larry, and CCC. Um, your continued support means the world to me, and I am looking forward to the next chapter of this cross-court coverage journey. Um, so thank you again for all the love and support so far and going forward. Um, so now that we have addressed, you know, the current situation with the podcast and the, where we stand and where everything is, this is a basketball podcast and, uh, I am committed to bringing you the news and going ons of this league. So let's chop it up and get into it. It has been a minute since I talked to y'all last, uh, what was it? Uh, Christmas Eve. Eve was the last time we recorded. I think we dropped on Christmas Eve. Um, so hope Santa was good to all y'all or you had a merry whatever other holiday you celebrate. Um, I hope that you had a good New Year's Eve. Um, I know that I did. I spent it with uh, 
my lady and Sammy Adams, not simultaneously. That came off weird. <laughs> um, we were in Boston, uh, and Sammy was ringing in the new year for uh, First Night Boston, uh, which was awesome. Uh, was right front and center. Me and the homie, you know, gave a head nod and a point, you know, acknowledging what's up, what's up, what's up. Uh, the little girl in front of me started freaking out. She's like, she po- he pointed at me. I'm like, mm, nah, that's my dude, but I'll let you have this moment. <laughs> um, but New Year's was cool. Um, a lot of fun. Always love being in the city of Boston, uh, even if it's not for a sports game. Um, but hope you guys had, you know, a good holidays and uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot has been going on in this crazy league that we love so much. Um, we'll start with injuries, you know, just quick fire off. Um, Gabe Vincent uh, of the LA Lakers, formerly of the uh, un- undrafted, if you didn't know, undrafted uh, member of the Heat team that uh, was part of like the trifecta of Struess, Vincent, and uh Caleb Martin that could just not miss um, but have never done that ever again. It was only against the Celtics that these guys were eat electric. Um, but Gabe Vincent out for six to eight weeks. He's getting arthroscopic. There we go. Arthroscopic surgery on say it five times fast. I promise you, you will trip up as well. Arthroscopic surgery on his knee. Uh, expected to be out for six to eight weeks. That is... It's a hit. Uh, it does not help the Lakers who are already sucking. We will definitely jump into the sucky Lakers. I'm not even, I'm not, this isn't even a Lakers hate. Like, this is just quoting LeBron. He said, We suck right now. We'll get into it. Um, Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler dealing with a calf injury. Um, I don't know when the last time he played was. I know he missed Christmas Day. Um, I know he's missed a, a few games since then. Um, Something's going on with Jimmy's leg. Uh, some people on Twitter are joking around saying that, you know, Jimmy's not going to play until they make the playoffs. Uh, hey, man, whatever you got to do. But uh, this is a league where we have the PPP and we have seen it enacted uh, recently against the Nets. It was en- enacted, actually. I can jump into that right now. Uh, the Nets were fined $100,000 uh, for sitting four. Uh, potential rotational players. Um, I think it was the December's 27th game. Um, they sat four guys that could have played medically through the NBA rules. Um, so they got slapped with a fine. Um, so, you know, the first big action of this new PPP policy, um, holding teams accountable for playing people. I thought it really only had to do with all-stars and all-star caliber players, but whatever um you know uh it's a new rule everyone's figuring it out i'm sure the nets feel you know stunted or shorted or whatever for being the only team to be charged with it so far but it is what it is it's the rules you got to abide by them a hundred thousand dollars isn't a big chunk of change when you really look down at look look down at it when you really look into it um it's a multi-billion dollar industry to run an nba Franchise, I think $100,000 is at the end of the day pocket change. Um, but follow the rules and you don't get you don't get fined. Um, 
But yeah, that's the Nets and Jimmy Butler. A little little combo piece there. Uh, two injuries that uh, could, you know, continue to hurt the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Gary Payton, the second, uh, will be out for several weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, I feel like he's been kind of injury prone ever since they traded him and then got him back. Um, when he was on Portland, when he when he came back, he's been heard much about Gary Payton except for he's not playing or he's hurt. Um, I hope he can figure it out. I don't really know what's going on. Um, another injury for the Golden State Warriors is Chris Paul has a fractured left hand. Um, we do not have a timetable, but he is going to get surgery. Uh, not good. Just not a good look. Not a good situation over there in Golden State. Um, on a on a quote unquote positive note, they are getting Draymond back. Um, Draymond Green will be returning from his twelve game suspension. I know I said it was going to be eight. The NBA was a little more little more hard on him than I expected, uh, but still not twenty five. Uh, you know, for playing around with pea shooters or you know posting guns on your IG live, but uh, you know choking a guy out, punching a guy in the face. On the court, on national television, you know, twelve games. That that looks good. That see, that seems fit. Uh, but whatever, you know, injury bug is biting Golden State in the booty. So let's see if adding Draymond will make it a little better over there for them. Um, honestly, I they, it's not it's not good times in Golden State. We can jump into that right now. Um. Draymond's on his way back. A couple big guys, big names are injured. Um, Clay's kind of showing his age. And Steve Kerr's kind of losing the team or losing the locker room. I, I don't want to say like to the, that extent. It's I, That's exaggeration. But um, it's it's his young core. It's this, this uh, second wave, quote unquote, of the dynasty that was supposed to take over or be the transition. Uh, Steve, you messed this up. (laughs) I've been saying it for a long time, but uh, recent news came out that Jonathan Kaminga does not want to play for Steve Kerr, does not want to be on the the Golden State Warriors, does not feel like he's being utilized or um, respected as a player. And, like, good for him. I mean, Kaminga was touted as, like, this next big piece for them. and they really don't use him. They they don't play him. The, he gets kind of crappy minutes, and uh, he wants to be a game changer. He wants to be in there and wants to you know help this team win. And when you're losing and you're not playing, you know that's frustrating as hell for players. I totally understand that. Um, but if we look at this whole youth movement, this second generation dynasty, it has not panned out at all for Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors. Um, Let's see. We have uh, Jordan Poole, no longer on the team, got punched in the face by Draymond Green, and he's the one that got sent out, not Draymond. Um, uh, Wiseman is a Detroit Piston, uh, so no longer with Golden State. That didn't work out. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is there. He's, He's on Golden State, but like, They'd rather play Clay 
They'd rather play Dre. They like like it's, 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 I don't know. <laughs> um, who else? There was Pool, Kaminga, Wiseman. I feel like there's like one other guy that was supposed to be. They're they're up and comer. They're they're second wave, but besides the point, um, you know they've really leaned into keeping the Splash Bros and keeping the Splash Bros happy, and it has not ha- made anyone else in in this situation happy, uh, especially when you're losing games. Like that's just what it is. Like if you're losing games and you're leaning on this old uh, mentality, this old strategy, this old way. And it's not working. People want change. Like people, especially guys like Kaminga and guys uh, that have to ride the pine and watch the team lose. Like I get it. Like losing and never playing is one of the worst feelings. It's like, cause you want to go in there. You want to make a change. You want to help the team. You want to be the guy. You want to change it up. And you see that like, Hey, I'm not in and we're losing. So maybe just maybe if you change up the the situation you change up the equation you throw me in there maybe it shakes it up to be a w or a closer game or something but like if you're not utilizing me at all like i'm sitting on the bench like fuck you i totally get where coming is coming from um interesting situation uh he's a good player he's got a lot of potential um i know the celtics are looking for a quote unquote this is from Brad not me a big wing style player that's that's Jonathan Kaminga um he does fit into our Grant Williams trade uh exception I'm not saying it's going to happen but I wouldn't mind it I wouldn't mind giving up a player like I don't know Sfee or Lamar Stevens or, you know, one of our back end uh, bench pieces and like a second round pick just to throw the dice on Kaminga. Hell yeah. And I know uh, a lot of people are like, oh, well, he's not going to get minutes on the Celtics. So why would he want to go there? I I hear you. I understand that. Um, but it's different to be on a team. And I, I want to, you know, preface this like we are championship can caliber contending uh yes but um golden state could be in that conversation they are i guess a quote-unquote playoff caliber team but it's also just a change of scenery for the kid uh you know he's been under curse since he's been drafted um and he's annoying and we have a different vibe over here we have like a brotherhood we have like a family we have like a um, everybody pitch in, everybody do their part, everybody step up, next man up kind of mentality. Um, we rotationally sit um, Al, we rotationally sit uh, KP. You know, Kaminga could play power forward. Yeah, he's more comfortable at small forward, but he could definitely play power forward um, in this new age of basketball. Uh, or you slide up Tatum to the four and you have Kaminga play the three. I don't know, but it's doable. Um, a change of scenery would be great for the kid if the if the price isn't too high. Like Joe's, Joe, it's got to you know either give Brad a bump or Brad already knows. I mean Brad Trader Trader Brad knows. All right, like like Brad's wheeling and dealing constantly. He knows what's going on. Uh, I don't need to be the one to tell him. 
but yeah, Golden State, interesting situation right now. Uh, injuries galore. Draymond returning. Players wanting out. Steve Kerr kind of losing the youth in the locker room. Uh, you know, half a season left. A little more than half a season left. Let's see where they end up. But as of right now, interesting spot for them to be in. Interesting situation. Um, the only other injury that I have of note to talk about is uh looks like isaiah stewart is going to be out for about two weeks um with a big toe spread so i uh, sorry i stopped there because i wrote it down as it was written in the woge or sham suite don't remember who uh but he has a big toe sprain but they wrote it as the great toe sprain uh, why are we giving this uh, who has ever referred to the big toe as the great toe um that's just i just found that funny like i'm expecting this guy's toe is the size of a thumb like it's, it is the great toe a, a massive mighty toe um i don't know i just found it funny i don't i've never medically or in my personal life heard the big toe referred to as the great toe and i it's fucking funny, all right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the, uh, the the big injuries, the big talks about injuries around the league. I know that a couple of players, uh, Bradley Beal returned recently. Uh, Jalen Johnson of the Hawks routine re- returned recently. Marcus Smart of the Grizzlies returned to ball recently. Um as I've seen so far, I know Jalen Johnson came back with a vengeance. Um, I know the Hawks are like looking to trade anyone that isn't him or Trey. So interesting, but I mean, that kid can ball. So I get him being off the, uh, the, uh, on the untouchables list. Um, Bradley Beal, the interesting situation, but like KD was out the other night. Devin Booker was out the other, other night. Like, if they can't be healthy at the same time, it feels like any time that KD is in a big three, this is exactly the situation we are dealing with where uh, the big three never plays together. Um, but, you know, more opportunity for that to happen now that uh, Brad Beal seems to be a full go. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't think of anyone else, any other bigger... Names coming back from injury. Uh, if I miss one, shoot me a comment. Chirp me a little bit. Be like, yo, I can't believe you missed returning to the game. And I'll be like, wow, I can't believe was even missing games. Um, I don't I don't know what I just said, but whatever. Um, we did have a Woj bomb uh, the day before. The day, yes, the day before New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, Eve, Woj bomb, the Knicks and the, no, (laughs) no, scratch that, reverse it, redo it. The Knicks and the Toronto Raptors have made a trade. Um, Emmanuel quickly, RJ Barrett and a second round pick, second round pick are going to the Raptors. Um, OG Ananobi 
Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn are all going to the Knicks. Um, on paper, when this first dropped, they only said that it was OG for Quickly and Barrett. And I was like, holy shit, that's an overpay. Um, Precious definitely, you know, not a not a crazy like, whoa, stat stuffer kind of player. But, you know, decent, a solid, you know, big man, solid rotational piece. Um, I don't know Malachi Flynn's game. I feel like Malachi Flynn is younger. Could be wrong. Um, but interesting. An all-around interesting trade. Uh, the Knicks give up six-man of the year contender. <laughs> Not six-man of the year, but contender for six-man of the year. Malcolm Brogdon of the Boston Celtics last year took that from you, sir. You're welcome. Uh, you know how we repaid him? We sent him to Portland, but whatever. Um and on, weirdly enough that we're talking about the Knicks because apparently they are they got feelers out from Malcolm Brogdon over there in Portland. So oh you would get rid of six man of the year contender to get the six man, maybe? I don't know. But we're talking about this trade. Um Emmanuel quickly is a good player. Um, and so is RJ Barrett. I know, I know he's been uh lackluster or up and down or not what the Knicks wanted, blah, 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 blah. But like RJ was part of that big three in Duke of Reddish, Barrett, and Zion. And with all the nonsense and all the back and forth and all the the disagreements with Zion and the Pelicans, for you guys to fold on RJ Barrett before they folded on Zion, that's crazy to me. Like, come on, man. Like, he ain't that bad of a player. And don't get me wrong. I love OG Ananobi. Think he's a good player. Think he's a great player. I've wanted him on the Celtics for probably two, three years now. Um, just has never fit the situation, never fit a trade. Uh, cap space is a goddamn nightmare. Um, but uh it felt a little bit like an overpay for OG. Um, you know, maybe they see something rotation slash, you know, position slash scheme wise that og fits better than rj um but rj and quickly i know that the raptors are sell now i mean they're literally looking at moving pascal siakam as well um they are sell now and build for the future that's their plan um that's two great youth pieces to grab that is two you know, if you have to scrap it and redo the whole goddamn thing, that is two good players to start building your franchise around. Um, and they they have other players, I think. <laughs> um, but it'll be interesting to see what a Pascal Siakam trade looks like. I mean, you can't... I, I know the, the Kings were in for a little bit, but those talks have died down. It'll be interesting to see who really is in the Pascal Siakam sweepstakes. Uh, I would assume a contender, um, but most contenders already have their cap space locked up. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think there's going to be a very busy trade deadline uh, this year. I think some teams are going to commit to the tank come trade deadline. Um, no one, you know, no one can gun for spot number one as hard as uh, the Pistons have. Uh, oh, I mean, I can jump right into it. The Pistons, they tied the record 
uh or broke the record i've read it so many different ways so many different places someone's got to give me like the 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 real truth of it because i thought the record used to be 27 and then they tied it and then they lost 28 in a row and i thought they broke it but then someone else said uh, i think sham said they broke it and then Woj says they tied it i don't know um but the record stands or is tied at 28 losses consecutively um they did snap that they I, they beat the raptors was it they i know they snapped the losing streak uh hang on toronto no not toronto detroit detroit pistons schedule pop it up bah, 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 bah. what does it look like well they have lost <laughs> i love just scrolling l l l l l l um not making fun i promise but i am but i'm not but you know what i mean uh yeah they beat the raptors that makes so much sense <laughs> i think that was the day of the og and an obi trade too yeah because og didn't play yeah so <laughs> good job uh they beat him by two it was 127 to 129 third Pistons snapped their losing streak and grabbed their third win of the season. Uh, they're back on a losing streak, by the way. Uh, since then, they have lost. After winning their third game of the season, they lost to the Rockets, lost to the Jazz, and lost to the Warriors. Um, it's confusing to me because I know, I think it was, what, two, three weeks ago, whenever the last episode came out, uh, we were talking about the Pistons and how Kate Cunningham said that we are not as bad as our record. And I laughed at him. Um, and I want to redact that laughter. I want to <laughs> uh, kind of agree with him, honestly, at this point. Like, I want to go full 180 on it. Like, they are not a 3-29 and 29 or whatever it is, 3 and... Fucking, how bad are you? <laughs> 3 and... 33 oh my god like it's just so so sad to see they are three and 32 christ but they don't look like a three that's what i was trying to get to they don't look like a three and 32 team i think that they're playing a lot of games uh that have come down to the wire uh that have been against good competition um where they have shown up um jalen duran being healthy again is very big for them uh kate cunningham is very good at basketball. Um, I know Isaiah Stewart being out doesn't help them. Um, but, you know, this team's got some pieces around it. It's really just once you get to the bench, it's abysmal. Um, but I want to I want to see Detroit figure it out. Um, they got to make some moves. It's like something's got to give. They've got to move like Bogdanovich. They've got to move uh, maybe even Stewart. Uh, you got to move some guys and shake up that roster and change it up a little bit. Um, really lean into, I think your two cornerstone players right now are Durin. Um, well, three Durin, Ivy and Cunningham, and you have to build around them and whatever works best, literally only for them. Stop thinking of like Monty Williams has to stop thinking about Monty Williams basketball and realize that what he has here is a very raw, almost unlimited potential team um 
we have not seen their full potential. You don't go three and 32 and, you know, think that you're getting everything from these players. You're not. Um, I know they're pouring a lot into it. I know they're trying, um, but there's more. There's, there's like another level for these guys. Like if they were on, if you gave these guys a five, 10 game winning streak, I think they up their level. I think they, they up their game. I think they, you know, level up in a way that only confidence can carry you sometimes in the NBA in sports. Um, but they're, they're lacking that confidence. They're lacking that belief They're I mean, when you're at three wins after playing 35, it's probably not even probably definitely demoralizing. Um, so, you know, I don't put it completely on the players. I don't put it on Monty Williams. I do put it on the GMs and ownership. You got to figure it out. You got to figure out how to balance this roster and what it needs. I mean, I feel like for the longest time, they've just been grabbing best available player and trying to slam it into the rotation. Um, it's time for scheme. It's time for fits. It's time for figuring it the fuck out. And we've said it for multiple weeks, but like, at some point, these players are going to put their hand up like Kaminga and be like, I want the fuck out of here. This sucks. Um, and I don't want to see that for Monty. I don't want to see that for the the Pistons. I think that they do have a decent young core, and they just have to figure it out. Move out some veteran age. Move out some veteran minutes. Move out some, I don't know, rotational guys that, yes, you may like them, but may better suit a different team. I'm looking at Isaiah Stewart. I'm looking at... Um, Hell, I don't really even know who's on their team, but it's like their starting roster, their starting lineup. Um, and I'm not sorry about it. It just is what it is. But there's definitely some, you know, room for improvement here uh, for Detroit. I'm happy they snapped the streak. I'm happy it wasn't against us because, goddamn, they were up by 20 at some point, uh, going into like the half. I know that Joe laughed it off. I know that the uh, the the boys laughed it off, but. <clears throat> excuse me uh for a minute there i thought we were gonna do the fucking thing i thought we were gonna you know lose our homestand record and you know be the ones to snap the losing streak but thank god we weren't it was the raptors ha! um but yes let's see covered that covered that covered that oh um the lakers suck i said it earlier actually i was quoting lebron and by quoting i mean paraphrasing because he said we suck right now um the lakers have gone from in-season tournament champs from hanging a fucking banner in staple center or crypto is that what they i don't know what they call it now what i know is staple center um to being out of the play-in. Like, that's where they stand right now. They are outside of the playoffs completely. They aren't even a play-in team. Um, they've lost so much since all of this stupid in-season tournament, Mickey Mouse championship, another fake trophy, another fake ring for the Lakers, another LeBron Mickey Mouse store. It's so funny. Like, it really is just so funny because when you think about it, like the Lakers – the and I, I I get it. I, I agree with it. I don't agree with it. But like 
half of their rings are Minnesota rings. So like, are they even Laker rings? Uh, they have the bubble ring and now they have the in season tournament ring. Like you do have some fake championships over there. LA let's not, let's not pretend that they're not all uh, up to snuff, but let's see. They have lost one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. And I think only one, two. I think they're two and ten or three and ten since the in-season tournament. That is comedy. This shit writes itself. And guess what? Through it all, through all the bullshit and drama and losses and Lakers are gonna lake. And LeBron, the GM, is going to snake. Darvin Ham is on the hot seat. Who would have thought? I mean, we've, we've seen this show a million times before. A LeBron James team starts slipping and no one else is to blame but the head coach. Hmm. And then they get rid of the head coach and then bring in someone that LeBron suggested and then that doesn't work. Hmm. Um, it's a tale as old as time. The interesting part in this situation, though, is that LeBron's contract is up at the end of the season. He is a free agent. Do they pass on Darman Ham and get someone new and try and make this one last run with LeBron? Because we know he's gone. Wherever it, and, and unless they get Bronny, unless the Lakers are the ones to draft Bronny, LeBron James is gone. So he's going wherever Bronny James goes. Um, so this is this is interesting because now it's the situation where you're like, fuck, do we fire the coach? Do we make LeBron happy? Do we switch it up? Well, if we do that and LeBron leaves at the end of the season, then we're left with a new coach who was probably handpicked by LeBron for LeBron and LeBron only. Uh, does that move forward well for us? Or do we continue with Darvin Ham, who, you know, got us an in-season tournament championship yippee <laughs> i don't really know um all i know is i'm smiling through it all smiling through the pain uh, i can't believe this is my life um <laughs> fucking lebron losing the lakers losing in in detrimental fashion is something that uh it feels good when I rest my head at night to, to experience, to know that they are struggling because I fucking hate that team. Um, and unapologetically. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, but I do. I hate that fucking team. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Ah, the only other news that I have is... Um, Pretty somber news, honestly. Ricky Rub, Ugh, let me get your name right. Don't want to mess that up. Uh, Ricky Rubio is retiring from the NBA after a, a 12 year career uh, in the NBA. I mean, Ricky Rubio has been playing professional basketball since he was like 16, I want to say. I know he was playing over there in Europe professionally at a young, young age. Um, and then was brought over here. Um, 
guru, mentor, uh, veteran kind of player, has played with a whole bunch of up and coming stars. He was on the Timberwolves. He was on. Uh, where hasn't he been? Where has he been? Um, I don't know why I can only think of the Timberwolves and the Cavs, but I know he's been uh, Jazz. Um, no, there's so many more. And I'm just drawing a blank right now. Hang on. Let me pull up Ricky Rubio's tenure. Ricky Rubio. Basketball extraordinaire. Uh, one of the best beards in the game. Let's not forget that. Also, all love for Ricky. Like, really. Um, hails from Spain. I already knew that. Come on, come on, come on. Let's see. We have... Timberwolves, Jazz, I forgot the Suns, um, and then the Cavs. So Ricky's hanging it up after 12 years. Um, he cited his mental health as the main uh, concern and reason behind it. Um, men's mental health is nothing to joke about. Um, it is a serious topic, and I appreciate um, Ricky for you know owning up to that, you know, his mind hasn't been right um and it's not good for basketball it's not good for himself um and he wants to focus on himself and getting right and feeling better and we should applaud that um you know i feel like more players need to be able to step away from the game um step away from even the paychecks step away from whatever it may be um just to get their heads right and i think that ricky doing this is a big step forward in that department, I think that, you know, showing that you can own, uh, you know, he, he said it himself. He had one of the darkest days of his life, I think, uh, back on July 30th. Um, he put out a whole PR statement, a whole uh, press release um, about why he's retiring. But um, power to Ricky, power to um, him being able to own his emotions. And, you know, he put his his health, his healing first. Um, and no one should be able to take that away from him. No one should be able to down talk that. Um, I really do want to applaud him. I know it's very interesting to me that, you know, the Cavs have kind of been like, uh, I don't want to say like the home, but like kind of two main Cavs players. I think of now when I think of or two main players in the NBA that I think of now, when I think of, you know, mental health awareness and, you know, speaking out um, Kevin love and now Ricky Rubio, um, Kevin love when he was on the Cavs, but not sure throughout his whole playing career has dealt with anxiety um, and depression and, you know, his own mental health and has been very vocal um, and very, you know, forthcoming with, you know, how he feels and also how the game affects his mental health and, you know, being an advocate for more men to speak out and own it. Um, and, you know, that's what we need in this game. We don't need guys uh, that are, you know, women abusers or sexual assault uh, perpetrators or anything like that. Um, you know, we don't we, we need those people suspended. We need those guys kicked out of the game. And we need more guys like Ricky and Kevin Love um, you know, spreading positive messages, spreading, you know, instead of toxic masculinity, spreading something so, you know, genuine 
so raw as just like being able to be in touch with your emotions. We need more young basketball players and more young men to realize that that's okay. Uh, it's better to be real with your emotions and, um, you know, talk to people and try and fix things and try and heal uh, rather than, you know, pent up aggression and anger and all this bullshit that comes with like, you know, being a man's man. Um, fuck that shit. I ain't never been about that shit. If you gotta, you know, feel your emotions, whatever, whatever it is, just like live it, live in that moment and own it. Um, if you need help, if you need a friend, if you need, you know, services, they all exist. They're all there. And my biggest message is always like, even if you feel like you're a burden, reach out to somebody because they will never ever think of you as a burden especially if they care um but hats off to ricky i hope that you know he can get his mind right i hope that he can you know find his happiness find his peace um we've appreciated watching you grow and you know he's mentored a lot of young guys like i said um in the league currently as a player but i'm sure you know his message has always been the same i'm sure his uh, demeanor has always been the same. Ricky Rubio, like, claps for you. Congratulations on a great career. Um, you know, I I hope to see him back in some facet around the game. I don't know how or where, um, but I, I've loved Ricky Rubio for the NBA. This, You know, the numbers don't really speak for it, but he has been a team player and a locker room guy forever. Um, great guy to have in your organization or around your organization or around your young players or inspiring the game. So uh, 12 years of Ricky Rubio. Thank you for your services. Feel better, brother. We love you. Um, but that's the league. That's the goings on of this crazy NBA that we love so much. But I've yet to talk about the team in the NBA that we love so much. I know I have talked about them, but you know, in as the main focus, um, the Boston Celtics right now are a wagon. Uh, they sit at twenty-eight and seven. Uh, I'm recording this on Sunday morning before putting it out. Um, so I do get to talk about the Pacers game, uh, 28 and seven currently, uh, on the season, they are 16 and O might be 17 and O I got to check the, the home record, but we'll get into that. Give me one second. Uh, I always get the home record wrong and that's what upsets me the most. Um, when was the last game that we talked about? Cheese, 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 cheese. Um, 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 last game. Be helpful if you had dates here, guys. Uh, that would be great for my Larry. Larry, where are the dates? Um, all right. So we are currently sitting at 27, 28, 28. Um, the, uh, home streak continues. I know that we are duh, 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 17 and 0 at home. 
since we last recorded, we played the Clippers, beat them 145 to 108. We played the Lakers, beat them 126 to 115 on Christmas Day. No biggie. Uh, we played the Pistons. We beat them 128 to 122. I already talked about it. Shout out Pistons for putting up a good fight. Uh, that game went to OT. Holy hell. Had me clinching the end of my seat the whole goddamn time. Um, then we beat the Raptors 120 to 118. I don't want to talk about how close that was, but whatever. Uh, New Year's Eve, we beat Wemby and the Spurs 134 to 101. Uh, this Tuesday, we did drop a loss for the first time in a long time. Uh, it was 123 to 127. The Thunder beat us. Uh, luckily, it wasn't at home. We keep the home stand alive. Uh, that was a good game. I'm not even gonna like front, like, that was a good game. Shy Gilgis Alexander is legit. Um, I don't really acknowledge them winning because Josh Giddy had a great game and Josh Giddy still shouldn't be playing in the NBA. His quote unquote active investigation is still active, but whatever, Adam Silver, you know, gonna let them play and let them beat our teams, but whatever, whatever, uh, blew out, blew the back out. I know what I just said. My apologies. <laughs> Uh, 126 to 97 against the Jazz. The Jazz are abysmal. Uh, Danny Ainge is priming up for draft picks and trading. I can tell it's just the way he operates. Um, and then last night, 118 to 101 against the Pacers. Um, as of late, the team's cooking. Like, I don't really have much of notes. Um, I'm not going to break down all almost 10 games that we have uh, not covered. Um, but like as a whole, Derek White is an all-star. Derek White is him. Derek White is everything that the Twitter girlies uh, keep preaching. Like they are correct. Derek White is everything for this team. He is the X factor. He is the glue. Um, but he got, I don't know, four stitches in his forehead during the Thunder game, came back right when they were done. Uh, he does not miss minutes if he can help it. Uh, KP, back to being mostly healthy. I know he's been sitting uh, here and there, but that's just to manage the calf tightness and everything. Uh, KP has been on fire. JT has been on fire. JB has, you know, I'm so sick of like people being like, oh, they have down nights. No, they don't. Like Joe Mazzula puts it best. Like when JT and JB don't have stat stuffing nights, they're doing other things. They're getting assists. They're playing more defense. They're creating opportunities. They're setting screens. They're making open passes. Like I'm so sick of the rhetoric. I'm so sick of the fans who don't understand basketball. But like this team that we have right now. Ryan, uh, Ryan on Twitter, Ms. Ryan Bakes, put it. We're gonna remember this team for a long time. We are. Like, I mean, I hope that most everyone comes back next year. Um, but 
even so, this team, this current roster, this current team, the way that they are playing, we are going to remember this Celtics basketball team, the way that they are playing, the way that they do the game, the way that Joe Missoula leads them. We are going to remember them from a long, long time. Um, it works. Um, and I appreciate everything that Joe is in year two. He's a lot more uh, standoffish with the media. I've called him a young Popovich, and I mean that mostly in the way that he handles himself and the way, his discourse and the way that he speaks to the, the news teams and everything like that. Um, but also, let's you know pump him up a little bit. Like you, you could get there. You could be one of the best coaches ever, Joe. Let's let's get you there. Um, but honest to God, like the the going to bat for his players, the defending them, the way that he stands up for you know, uh, I think the Pistons game was one of the best post conference or post game conferences I've seen from Joe in a long, long time. Not that any of them are bad, but just you know, he keeps one upping himself. Um, they, everyone in the media room was trying to, you know, be like, Oh my God, you almost lost this one. And he's like, if this wasn't the Pistons, we wouldn't be talking like this. We wouldn't be saying, Oh my God, you almost lost this one. You would have been like, Oh wow. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the other thing. Um, but because you know, the Pistons are on this losing streak, you want to talk about that. You want to make it about that. We won the game. Like that's all that we need to talk about. Like you want to talk about how well we played. You want to talk about the adjustments we made at halftime. Then fine. But like if you want to just talk about like almost you almost lost to a really bad team. They're not even a bad team. Like this is this is a game where we can learn the most. And that, that that's what I love about him. He's like constantly talking about where you can learn and how you can learn. And adversity is where you learn. And Joe Mazzulla year two has been electric. Like. Uh, it's it's a giant leap. It's crazy to see, like from year one to year two. It seems like he gets his staff, he gets his guys, um, and Joe has leveled up. And I, you know, I can't wait to see what the future brings for him as a head coach in uh, Boston. But this 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 season is something special like you know i mean even last season you know we didn't have a bad record at all uh we played a lot of good games but it just seems like a lot of the qualms that uh the naysayers this guy is following twitter people uh have been saying uh you know joe doesn't call timeouts joe doesn't game manage joe's rotations are weird dude like you're all wrong <laughs> like this team doesn't get to be 28 and 7 17 and 0 at home uh with a shitty coach um and also to the people that, uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, I could coach a super team. Or, oh, I could, I could, you know, anyone could coach that team. Joe Missoula isn't special. Uh, the tired take is saying that Joe Missoula has a super team. The wired take is Joe Missoula is the only guy who could coach this super team. Um, he manages the personalities. He manages the minutes. Um, you know, he's got everyone bought into this. Uh, there are no like true quote unquote. Star we have six starters. So like there's everyone's bought into, you know, we're all going to rotate in. We're all going to mix up. Um, it's not like a second team lineup ever really truly goes in. There's always a starter in mixed with bench players. There's always bench players mixed in with starters. Like it is a cohesive machine and it is running on all cylinders right now. Uh, it's a hell of a fucking thing. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch your basketball team 
operate like that. Um, but yeah, uh, upcoming games that we have. I think we're still on the road. We definitely have another game against the Pacers because we just beat them. Yes, the Pacers on 1-8, which will be tomorrow, Monday the 8th. Uh, for everyone who is listening, I just want to pull up the rest of them. So we have the Pacers again on Monday, uh, the T-Wolves again on Wednesday, the Bucks on Thursday, and the Houston Rockets on Saturday. Uh, Oh, I get to see the Houston Rockets on Saturday. Let's fucking go, baby. Uh, Ime returns to the Garden. Uh, if you see me dragged out by my heels because I threw popcorn, soda, whatever at him, you know, if there's a GoFundMe to get my bail, you know, just help me out, please. <laughs> um, but we have Pacers on Monday at Pacers again. We beat him by 17 last night. Uh, Tatum had a near 40 piece. Um, I don't know. Like, we lost the one game to them against our one game against them in the in-season tournament, but every other game we've played against them, we've played pretty well. Uh, want to chalk that up as a W. Uh, I would understand if it's an L either way. Like the Pacers are a fun team to play against. I like the basketball that we play against them. I like the game that we get to see when we play against them. So <coughs> I do understand that you can't win them all. Uh, so understandable drop there. Uh, Minnesota, this has to be a win. We lost them earlier in the season. Uh, it felt like a playoff game. So this is game two of the series against them. Uh, they are up there. Uh, I think they're still leading the West, honestly, in standings, uh, which is crazy to me. But, you know, shout out to my buddy Sam. His stupid T-Wolves just kicking, kicking ass and taking names a year later after the whole Rudy Gobert trade kind of looked like it blew up in their face. Now uh it's paying off but uh you know we gotta win that game it was a very tough very gritty game that we played against them um earlier in the season both teams respectively are yeah a top they're 25 and 9 both teams are respectively a top their uh conferences uh I want this. I want this W. Uh, I mean, it's at home, so we obviously have to win. Um, you know, got got to go to eighteen and zero on the season. Uh, Thursday against Milwaukee. I don't fear no deer. I don't fear no dame. Like fuck the clocks. Smash every goddamn watch in the uh, in the arena. It ain't no dame time. It ain't no Giannis time. Giannis Antetokounmpo, fake nice guy. We know who he is. Um, I ain't even worried. We go. We go to Milwaukee. All right, let's let's burn down their barn. Let's let's just let's leave there in a fire. Um, and then Houston. Eme. Joe versus Eme is a must-win game because if, and this isn't about oh we have to win every game. This is about I don't want to fucking hear the Eme stands climb out of their fucking dusty hobbit holes and be like oh my god look he may can beat joe he's better than joe like fuck that noise this is a w we're gonna kick their ass boots on the ground i am in the 
Garden. I will be there. We will win. It's that simple. Um, so for those four games, I'm going to predict a three and one. Uh, if we drop a game, it's probably going to be against Indy. Uh, it might be against Mini, but I don't want it to be against Mini because I want to keep this home this home stand uh, alive. I want to see it go to nineteen and zero uh, or eighteen and zero against the Wolves, and then nineteen and zero when I'm there. Uh, that would be fantastic. Um, but yeah, uh, a likely three and one in the next four games. Uh, four and zero would be lovely. We we don't necessarily have to lose a game. I'd I'd be cool with that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean we're approaching uh the end of the episode as it is this week. A uh, lot of NBA coverage, a lot of things going on. Um, New Year, same Celtics. Gotta love that. Um, and as for the show, you know, we're pressing forward. We're figuring it out. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like next week or the week after that. You know, we're taking it day by day, week by week. But things are moving in the background. We are trying to figure out everything. Um, I do want to bring you another co-host just because, like I said, I want this to be an A and B conversation. Um, as fun as this was, as much as it's been, you know, fine for me to sit here and chop it up and talk basketball. I do miss talking to someone about it. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to bounce off my own jokes and no one ever loves laughing at their own jokes. Um, but you know, it's all good. Uh, we'll figure it out. We will, you know, push forward and keep producing and keep being the cross court coverage that, you know, you know, and love. And, uh, with all that being said, uh, the Celtics stand at 28 and seven first in the Atlantic division first in the East first in the NBA. If you ask me, uh, yeah, as always, it's go Celtics or go fuck yourself. Peace.